The text that calls for our attention this Lord's Day is our Gospel reading for today from Luke chapter 12, and especially these words of Jesus, Take care and be on guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our world, it seems to me, is on a direct campaign to try to get rid of the reality of death. Though I suppose in one way that campaign has been raging ever since death entered into the world in Eden. But we tell ourselves things like this. If we eat the right things grown in the right way, If we eat the right supplements, if we refrain from eating the thing that we really want to eat, well, then we will not die. If we work physically hard, if we exercise faithfully, if we don't sit down for too long, we will not die. If we don't drink too much, smoke too much, or watch too much TV, we will not die. Well, we don't say it quite that plainly, do we? But isn't that sort of what we secretly hope? I mean, we talk about being healthy if we do such things, but isn't it really the point of being healthy, not dying? Well, you know, if death didn't come breaking into our reality so often, as it has even among us recently, we almost could be confused into thinking that humanity is really progressing on this task of doing away with death. After all, just 200 years ago, in every country in the known world, the lifespan was about 40 years. Now in our country, just 200 years later, our lifespan is over twice that long. If you think about it, it almost seems like we're getting pretty close to just doing away with death. Maybe just one more tweak or one more scientific advancement or one final improvement in nutrition and we will have it. You know, when we read back in history, we laugh at people that took expeditions to try to find the fountain of youth. But we do that all the time, splashing around in whatever we think will grant to us immortality. Yes, we want to be rid of death. And so we talk about what we think can keep it away. But sometimes we go even further in this campaign. You see, wherever death is rearing its ugly head, well, that's problematic if you want to be rid of death. And so many times in our culture of today, we are hiding those who are sick away from everyone else. Especially when it looks like death is coming close, Well, we tend not to visit those people. We tell ourselves that we like to remember them the way they were, you know, fully alive, rather than what they are, which is dying. And when they die in our day and age, more and more people are moving on without almost any recognition that the death occurred. If anything, a celebration of life is held where there's no dead body ever present. Do you understand that funeral homes are having to shift their entire way of doing business because so many people are trying to avoid even talking about or mentioning death? So, 
Why is it that we want to hide from death so greatly? Is it just that it is the evil end of sin which God has set our hearts against? Well, in part, for sure. We have certainly felt that lately, even in our own midst. But there's another reason why we like to hide from the reality of death. And that sticks with us even when death has not come so close. Our gospel reading for today helps us understand what it is about death that we don't like so much. It says there that death, well, what it does is it reveals the idols in our life. It reveals that the things that we are most excited about in life are really quite petty and meaningless. For when death comes, big bank accounts, nice homes, boats, all these things become quite meaningless in a moment. They are left to someone who may care about them or may not, who may take care of them or may not. Vanity, the preacher says, that preacher being King Solomon of old, and no doubt he should know, for if there's anyone in the Bible who had everything, it was Solomon. He had riches and power and women and food and clothing and everything. And yet he is the one that tells us that none of that stuff means anything at the time of death. It is vanity. Well, how about these parables that Jesus tells us today? They hit pretty close to home, don't they? You know, some parables really do seem like a story that was told in Jesus' day that we have to kind of rethink through the culture of his day to understand. But the things we're told today, while we might have to change a few little details, really fit right into our modern culture. The first is a story about a man who demands his, his share of an inheritance from his brother. Well, how common is that? Sometimes it begins while the person who is leaving the inheritance is still alive, but if not, soon after the funeral home has come and taken the body away, the war begins. One relative yells at another, give me my share of the inheritance. I know I'm not just talking about what your brother or your aunt or your nephew did. I'm talking about how you might have acted. Oh, I know you tell yourself that you were just doing what that loved one would have wanted. You were the one being the fair voice. But would you have got so upset if in the end you weren't really so concerned with getting your share? The second story is very familiar as well. It's a story about a man who decides that he has come into a great amount of wealth. And therefore, he decides that he will try to keep gathering wealth until he is financially secure beyond all question. Now, we're lucky in our day and age, we don't have to actually go into the bank and say, hey, bank, I would like a bigger space to store all of my money in that's grown so large. That's what this man had to do. He had to tear down one barn and build another to keep all of his wealth. But indeed, we do keep building up our own treasures. Yes, he justifies it, much like we do. He says that if he did this, then he'd finally be able to just enjoy life. Eat, drink, and be merry. After all, he, he, demand, or, excuse me, he deserved it after all those years of work. 
He thinks that he's planned well enough, earned enough, and saved enough that now all his troubles should be gone. Does that sound familiar? Isn't it essentially what we've been taught the whole human existence is about on this planet? Is getting to that point of financial security that we can just enjoy ourselves? But you see, death has a way of exposing this thinking as futile. It makes clear to us that many of the main things that we place our time and energy into in this world have little or no lasting value. And yet we worry ourselves sick trying to get those things and trying to keep those things. We grow old very quickly while grasping at this thing and at that thing. All to have it finally ripped right out of our hands by disease or accident or age. And so yes, Jesus' words that we heard today indeed condemn us. For first he says, be on guard against covetousness. And secondly, he tells us that our life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. And those words often cut pretty deep. For we want the things that we don't have. We, can, we are convinced that we would finally be happy if we just had a few of them. We grow anxious until we do have them. And we think that if one or two doesn't do the trick, well, then it must be that we haven't just got enough of them piled up yet. But Jesus tells us that all such thinking is simply sin, and that coveting after things will never provide us a lasting happiness. So what does bring true, lasting happiness into our lives? Well, there we can return to Solomon, who says that we're simply to receive the gifts of God from God and to enjoy them, but not to place our trust in them. We are to treasure the gifts of God that have been given to us now, and we are especially to treasure those gifts of God which are eternal, which will far outlast this world. And when we're treasuring those gifts, well then we're free to be rich. We're free to be generous. We're free to give more to God and to give more to others. For when we let go of our earthly idols and those things that we covet after, we'll all of a sudden find out that we have a lot more to share with others. And we're free to be rich towards God and man, knowing that whatever we really do have need of, well, God will provide that for us day by day. The psalmist says, be still. Know that I am God. And that certainly applies here. Know that God has you in his hands. Know that he gave you the thing most precious to him in the whole world, his only begotten son. And therefore, he'll give you whatever else you need as well. Know indeed that he has given you one thing that not even death can touch, and that is eternal life through his son. Yes, we need God's wisdom today, because we as modern people have more stuff than almost anyone else in all of history. And yet we're constantly fret with anxiety and worry. Is there anything more common among humanity and modern Americans than those two things, anxiety and worry? Even the other diseases which we hate don't touch as many people as worry and anxiety do. So how is it that we're so worried when we're so blessed? Well, it's the same as it's always been. 
not really about how much you have, it's about how you think about what you have. We start to worry when we start to covet. We start to worry when we think that life is about the abundance of possessions. Yes, we buy into those lies and worry comes. So today, let us humbly come before God. Let us lay down our idols of wealth and possessions and pleasure. Let us ask God to forgive us for being so blessed and yet at the same time so discontent. Let us ask him to rob us of the thought that somehow if we get one or two more things, we will finally be happy or will finally be free from worry. Let us confess that we have not often been rich towards him because we fear in our hearts that if we give too much away, we won't have enough for us. That despite his promise to take care of us. For if we come to God today in that humility, then we will receive the true source of contentment. We will receive true riches and blessing. He will give to us again the forgiveness of those very sins we have listed, and he will give us life through his spirit, the life of his son Jesus, which came forth from the tomb. He will give to us everything we need for our body and for our soul. He will give us the things we need for today, and he will give us blessing upon blessing that not even death can take from us. And when we have all of that, well then, we truly have an abundance of possessions. Not the kind of possessions that grow old or fade away, but the kind of possessions that Christ alone gives, that last forever. May we have such possessions in abundance. Amen.